Lockett, and this is Lasting Conversations. We are with Donna Carbone today. Hey, Donna. How are you? Very well. Thank you. Donna is the Executive Director of Palm Beach Institute for Entertainment Arts in North Palm Beach, Florida. Their motto, one of many, is live your dreams, not your fears. They do acting, creative writing, and they are safe haven for community members to fully express their stories and to have fun. Donna, welcome. Thank you. Tell us, tell us, tell us about your wonderful classes that you have and the things that you do at this really cute little theater in North Palm Beach. And um, I might want to start with Tongues of Wagon because there's always a sense of humor in what it is that you do. And so you have the floor. Thank you. Tongues of Wagging is a spinoff from NPR's The Moth, Mm -hmm. when people can come and tell their stories and have them recorded for posterity. In our case, the stories are a little different. They become very intimate, very poignant. Probably people share more than they normally would in such a public environment. Mm -hmm. But we have found that they are healing, curative, not only for the storyteller, but for the audience. Uh, My goal is always that the audience leaves our theater a little bit wiser than when they came in. So we are unique in that four times a year, I put out a press release with a particular topic. People submit stories, no more than 1,200 words, uh, on that particular topic. I have a selection committee. We read all of them. We choose the eight to 10 best stories. Those not best in the sense that they are the, the most perfect story, but that they fit the title the best. Of what your theme is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I edit them professionally so that when the storyteller gets on the stage on the days of the show, they can feel comfortable that what they are saying is going to be understood. There's a huge difference between reading to yourself Mm -hmm. and reading to an audience. So we want to make sure that the audience never has to question what is being said. And these are not actors. These are people that have something to say. They have something to get off their chest and and speak forth into the world. This is the community at large. Mm -hmm. We started out trying to stay within Palm Beach County, and more specifically, the Jupiter to West Palm Beach area. Mm -hmm. But word spread, and now we have people coming from far north in Florida and as far south as Miami. Wonderful. Everybody has a story to tell. Everybody does have a story to tell. That's why, you know, having this Lasting Conversations podcast has been such a fun journey because everybody does have something to say and whether they're promoting something really isn't even the point. It's what is driving them and what is out there for our community at large. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like you're, you're, we've met uh, a number of times. And so um, I understand that theater is just very important and having somebody be able to, to come and speak, get on stage, Um, Do you do improv or other classes? Tell us more about some of the classes where you might be helping folks come up and out of themselves. So we consider ourselves an original concept theater. Hmm. By that, I mean that although I am a huge uh, Neil Simon follower, lover, Mm -hmm. I'm a playwright, he is my God, you will never see another production of The Odd Couple on our stage. Mm -hmm. What we choose is either written in-house by me 
or one of my writing students or a local, and when I say local, I mean the entire state of Florida playwright. And each of the plays has to have a worthy message. It can be humor, it can be drama, but it has to have a message. It's not a throwaway piece. Right. You know, people come and I want them to remember what they hear and what they see long after they leave the theater. So original concept theater and the actors in those productions are part of our repertory company. In order to make it to the repertory company, they go through a 10-week training program, which teaches them everything from before they ever put a toe on a stage to actually performing in a show before a live audience. I think we are unique in that way other Places offer acting classes, which usually amount to no more than scene study, but we take them through the paces. When they leave us, if they should leave us in time to go out and pursue a career, they will be considered among the most professional actors. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. But my goal is not the acting per se. Right. Our goal, now we have students who have Uh, Well, I have students who are neurodiverse and Mm -hmm. divergent thinkers. Mm -hmm. I have students with Asperger's. I have students who suffer with health issues from all parts of the body. Mm -hmm. I have students who have suffered the trauma of violent crime, domestic abuse, uh, divorce, cancer. Anything you can think of that is life changing, they have probably come to us at some point. And there are varying ages as well. Yeah. Our youngest student right now is 16 and my oldest is 93. Oh, I love it. And she just got cleared last Tuesday that her cancer is gone. See, there's there, we always circle back to community, joy, Mm -hmm. love, and hope. We are a family. I know right. that sounds like a trite marketing slogan, but we really are. Mm-hmm. The Institute is different in that it is a haven in a storm. Most people who pursue acting are looking for something outside the normal parameters of their life. Mm-hmm. And acting gives you an opportunity to slip into someone else's skin and in the process, probably find a solution to some of the problems that are bothering you. You know, that's actually fascinating. And when you were saying that, and I'm thinking of the, the other written words that people have written of themselves, did you find that they slip into their own skin, perhaps even from a different perspective from when they started the writing journey, the whole process of, you know, I think I want to say something and I need to get this story out, but that they're slipping down into their own self. Mm-hmm. Do you want you witness that? I do. A lot of times when a student or potential student will call me and ask about writing or acting classes, the acting classes in particular, they'll ask, what style of acting do you mm-hmm. teach? And I, <laughs> right. say, I say, well, what is your name? And they say, well, John Smith. And I say, well, then we teach the John Smith method of acting. I love it. Because everyone has their own style. You do have to be true to yourself. Yes. You, you have to be comfortable in your own skin before you can slip into a character skin. So, yes, the, the person underneath is always there. It always comes through. And the same with writing. I am a published author, and I can tell you that every one of my books has me in it. Mm-hmm. You can't escape. I would think that if we thought of most poetry, books, any sorts of literature, obviously music and song, the authors are there. 
Yes. They're there. Their families are there. Their friends are there. It's, it's a very personal journey. Yeah. There's no better fiction than that, which is based on fact. And that's, almost everything is based on fact. That's true. So many will say that we are our own creative writers, directors, producers of the play that is our life. That's sometimes very true. we don't like it or sometimes it's, it's, ne- it's time for the next show. Yeah. And that's finished. And now let's produce a whole nother show. Yeah. A number there. of years ago, I wrote a book titled Private Hell. Mm. And it took me, I think I said 800, I forget how many days, I may, I may be exaggerating, but it took me a long, long time to write it because it's my journey from a dysfunctional childhood to a first marriage, which was um, domestic abuse taken to the umpteenth level. Mm-hmm. I was lucky to survive it. and But being able to write it, and I wrote it as fiction. It was the only way I could be honest with what had happened to me. Oh, but it was cathartic. By the time it was done, I felt I had purged myself of so much anger. That's wonderful. And so now that's out of your system mm-hmm. and on the shelves for other people to read and, and understand somebody's journey. We always hope that you reach at least one person. So I write mostly crime novels mm-hmm. because I have been the victim of a violent crime and my daughter is the survivor of a terrible kidnapping and rape a number of years ago. And I don't ever need to win a Pulitzer Prize. I started writing these books because my daughter's survival was on front page on all the newspapers and most of the, the TV, local TV here. Uh, and um, a couple of uh, producers from Investigation Discovery and the History Channel contacted us about her story and would she be willing to allow them to do a reenactment. And mm-hmm. we agreed, provided they didn't sensationalize it. So when I believe it was Investigation Discovery's, you know, these shows all have similar names. I survived or surviving evil. I don't remember which one it was, but they contacted Katie Corrick, who at the time still had her talk show. Mm-hmm. And they showed her the episode. And she was so impressed that my daughter had literally saved her own life mm-hmm. that she invited her on the show. Afterward, we were talking in the green room and we were talking about how Jess and I had gone out on the talk circuit. And without fail, the mother of college-bound girls would get angry that we told them that they had to teach their daughters to take responsibility for their actions. And I, all I could think of is that you are just setting them up to be the next victim. You, knowledge is power. You have to know. So anyway, Katie Corrick, we were talking, and Katie Corrick said to me, you seem to know what you are talking about. Learn to get your message out there. Write some books. So I credit her with my writing career. If not for her, I probably never would have put pen to paper. And is that something that you enjoy? Are you still writing or now you are in the position of a mentor um, helping other writers? I still write. I have seven books out there and mostly now my focus is on plays for the theater. Mm -hmm. But I do have a number of writers. In fact, this coming Sunday, we're doing what I call a novel approach to literacy. I love it. See, the titles are always there. They get to the point and then they have a little bit of humor to them. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, I have seven local writers Mm -hmm. who I will be introducing to the public. We're doing a free wine and cheese event. I have to repeat free (laughs) wine and cheese event. But each of these writers have a unique voice. They write in a particular genre. And I 
my hope is to encourage reading again because reading is a dying art. But if you can read, it truly, books are truly your passport to the world. Mm -hmm. And if you read every day, I don't care if it's the label on a soup can, but you are better educated if you read. So that's part of the goal at the Institute is to increase literacy. Well, and, and you're going to have a fun evening. And, and again, with the novelists who are, who have put pen to paper, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and now you create a whole evening about it. And um, I know one of your authors who I swear to God, she'll be on Broadway. I mean, Mm -hmm. her story is that compelling. I won't name names yet until she's sitting in this chair (laughs) having her She wouldn't mind if I said it, but I won't, (laughs) but I've given her a role in an upcoming play. Good, good. And see, this is how there's such kismet and one door opens the next and then we close the doors. When we close certain chapters, that opens up something so wonderfully um, beautiful. And um, now, do you do uh, summer programs? So you mentioned some of the younger folks or teenagers. Um, do you have something coming up in the summer? Okay, I don't. Okay, I, normally the youngest. Or maybe you take time off because you're a busy, busy woman. Eighteen hours a day, yeah. three hundred and sixty-five <laughs> days a year. I wear all the hats. Yeah, and your yeah. husband does. You know, scene. All the construction. All the construction. Yeah, he does. Right. Uh, I normally don't take a student younger than 18, mostly because a lot of material might be questionable to the parental units. Mm -hmm. I do have the 16-year-old now. She has been homeschooled most of her life. She's 16 going on 60. Mm -hmm. Her parents are very supportive, but I am cautious about taking young ones and also the liability insurance to do summer camps. Okay. Right. There's just so much it's legality. A it's yeah. a different world. So different I try world. to stay with the 18 and up. Right. Good, good, good. So what else is, what else floats your boat? What else are you seeing that is um, sort of in that joyous nature where you're seeing people come out and, and enjoying the writing process and enjoying the things that you're doing? Um, what else do you see on your horizon there that is just part of this whole journey? Well, we are at a crossroads at the moment at the Institute because the mall where we are located has been sold Mm. and there are big plans to demolish it and build a mini city within a city there. Okay. Uh, So far, we have a little bit of time left that we can stay there and I hope to produce as many shows as possible until the rug is pulled out from under us. So one of the projects that I have coming up, which includes the uh, author you were talking about, Mm -hmm. is called Women, Wisdom, and Wine. Mm -hmm. And it's 10 years worth of conversations with my female friends. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And they're very, now, if you are squeamish or you're embarrassed easily by frank talk about human anatomy or life in general, this will probably not be the play for you. So I had to be very careful finding the women who were going to portray these characters. But I'm really looking forward to that because women don't get the chance to talk honestly. And that, that is part of my goal with this institute. It gives me the opportunity to put forward information that would not be readily available Mm -hmm. 
And if you can do it in a fun way, so for example, I bet you still know the name of the company that did your your favorite bologna and your favorite hot dog from when you were a kid. Oh, we, it's drilled in. Yeah, and you know why in. Band-Aid sticks out so well, right. correct? Okay. I think we have Barry Manilow to thank you for all bet. of that. I just learned that. So I believe that education through entertainment mm-hmm. is the best way to go. And that's what I'm trying to do. And the Institute gives me the opportunity to do that. That's wonderful. So that's very intriguing about you're saying there's what, 10 women or women who have shared 10 years together? It's 10 years of conversations with friends. There are eight women in the play. Each one of them represents the person who started this conversation with me many years ago. Right. So I am really looking forward to it. So are these women who know each other or you have created a play based on these 10 years of conversation? I've created the play. So a number of the women all know each other. Unfortunately, some of them have passed on and that breaks my heart knowing that I'm going to bring her to life on the stage again. But believe it or not, I'm having a hard time casting all eight roles Mm. because there are a lot of women who still are hesitant to talk about women's issues. Okay, that's and, interesting. Yeah, and my goal is to get away from that. The of more course. we talk about it, the safer we will all be. Of course, of course, of course. Well, I, I love the notion of that. And I was just drawing on my neighborhood circle of, of friends that we've known each other for 20 plus, plus, plus years. And so I get what you're saying when you've had a core and, and people come in and out of your life and mm-hmm. you birth babies and now your babies are having babies and then somebody has taken ill and has passed away and life just changes or divorces. But those rich times and conversations over the course of decades is just, that's life and it's everything. It's true. Yeah. Warts and all. No. Silliness, you know. All of it. (laughs) Running naked down the street, whatever it is. It's Let me know if you're planning to do that, would you? (laughs) Oh my God, our story would be so fun. (laughs) It's so fun. Well, just as an example, getting back to tongues of wagging for a moment. So I've had a student, he's 32 now. Uh, He joined us, oh, four years ago. When he came to the Institute, he was not able to even put a toe against the first step that led up to the stage. Physically. Yeah. And he explained to us that when he was 18 and in his freshman year of college, he had a psychotic break. And for the next five years, he was in and out of hospitals trying to discover what was wrong. His family was just torn apart by everything. And now I could put him as the lead in any play. He is my, the son of my heart. He is the brother to everybody at the Institute. He is an amazing young man. But he found a safe haven at the Institute, as so many do, because we don't judge. Everybody's welcome. I probably have the most diverse student body, the most diverse audience in every way ethnicity, religion, race, financial level, education, everybody who comes there stays there. We can't get people to leave at the end of a show. We're small. We only have 40 seats. It's very intimate, but they are all family. Well, you have, you, when I was there uh, for the first time when we were meeting and I got to see your really beautiful place that you said people will just stay. They want to hang around. And that's the mark of a home. That's the mark of a real family home 
when someone feels that safe and, and cozy, they just don't want to even leave. Yeah. A photographer came about a week or two ago. She brought me some business cards and wanted to talk about projects we could do together. And she told me that the moment she came through the front door, she was enveloped in a warmth that she had not felt anyplace else. That made me feel really good because that meant we had reached our goal. That's magic. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's beautiful. And that's that's where, again, with the conversations, you get to the heart of everything. And you are clearly getting to the heart of everybody that walks in that door in one form or another. Yeah, we have a great, I have a strong maternal instinct. Mm-hmm. And I, even that 93-year-old is my child. Everybody <laughs> is my kid. They know it. They know they can come. They can come there. They can find a shoulder to lean on or just someone to talk to. It's a wonderful environment. I'm proud of it because it took a long time. It was a dream for many, many, many years that is finally coming true. Well, how did you, what was your process of even um, how your, your proverbial yellow brick road that brought you there? It's interesting. I, I really believe in fate. Mm-hmm. So I could go back way back to 18 when I graduated high school and then went to business school in Manhattan. And so it was a journey from different businesses. I worked on Wall Street. I worked on Park Avenue. I worked in construction. Uh, I did a lot of jobs along the way. And eventually, um, first marriage, that was terrible. Uh, and, and then Thank God. Eventually, I met my husband. So, 47 years together, which is pretty damn good. Yeah, pretty darn good. It is pretty damn good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, at one point, while well, I ran Mike's, Mike was is a retired chiropractor. I ran his office for 25 years. But I wasn't, when the kids were grown and gone, I wasn't ready to stay home. So, I went back out into the work world and I did a little bitty jobs here and there. And eventually I found a job at an independent film company. Okay. And so I was the office manager and the writer and whatever other jobs needed to be done. But the woman who owned that company uh, also was very close to Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. And so she helped to found the Burt Reynolds Institute for Film and Theater. And I would do things for the Institute, knew Burt fairly well. And just got involved slowly in entertainment. I really knew nothing about theater or entertainment. It's not, it wasn't a passion at the time. It wasn't a love of my life. But when that business closed, the natural order was for me to just stay with the Burt Reynolds Institute. And so gradually I took over different positions and uh, got pretty good at knowing that industry and what to do with it. When Bert passed away in 2018, I had always, from the time I got involved, realized that the Institute was more than just a theater and a school. Mm-hmm. I always knew there was potential. So I, um, I did what needed to be done legally to take over the nonprofit, to be able to keep the nonprofit designation. We changed the name. I reorganized, sat a new board of directors. We had a new mission statement. And so this is the beginning of our fourth year. It's taken a while. It's taken a lot of years, but I'm happy at what we're doing now. We're finally on the path that we've always wanted to be on. Well, that's just beautiful. And this is, again, going back to the joy. So I know you have long hours. It's arduous. It can be financially harrowing as lot of theater really is it's it's white knuckles many many times and as a nonprofit, you're relying on the kindness of strangers hopefully grants and all of that too but within that you are 
living your passion and you're living your joy. Now, the only downside to this industry, and I have often said that ego should be a four-letter word because it truly (laughs) is a curse, Uh, Uh and that's the only thing I don't allow. Anything goes at the Institute if it's in your heart and you really want to do it, but I don't allow ego. Nobody is better than anybody else. A production is only as good as the whole team effort. That's right. So that that's the one thing that always drives me crazy about this industry. That the whole ego, top billing yeah, thing. And, yeah. Drives me nuts. So alphabetical order is a great thing. Well, there you go. That's fantastic. <laughs> Donna, this has been so fun. Uh, do you have any other pearls or lasting uh, words of your what's next? You're, you're talking about the author nights and other productions. So by the time this one particular airs, the one that you're having on Sunday, Will have passed, but you're having more. And I where would, can people find you and help and be part of your community? Okay, so just to get back to the writing for for a second. Mm-hmm. So one series of books that I do are called the Cat Lee and Marcy Wells crime novel series. Cat Lee is based on my daughter, who is the rape survivor, mm-hmm. and Marcy Wells is based on her best friend Mary Bedwell Bain, who is actually a CSI with the PBSO, and Mary is my forensics expert when I need that for my crime novels. Currently, I am editing the first book that Mary's 12-year-old daughter is writing because she was inspired by her mom being in these books. So to me, that is having won the Pulitzer Prize, that this 12-year-old has wants to write now because she wants to create the characters where she sees her mom in certain books. So I'm thrilled. So if this Sunday's uh, novel approach to literacy is a success, there will be many more of them. Uh, New authors have already contacted me and asked when the next one will be and can they be a part of it? I don't have a date because we have to fit it in in between tongues wagging and all the other productions that we're trying to do. But yes, there will definitely be more because literacy is definitely on the top of our list to promote. That's wonderful. And what is your website? The website is pbinstituteforentertainmentarts.com. Yes, a mouthful. His mouthful, <laughs> Donna. Thank you once again for being here. This has been a joy and a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. And thank you for listening. Please be sure to like, follow, review, and share this podcast. And if you'd like to be part of the conversation, send emails to podcasts at lastingconversations.com and follow us on Facebook. This is Lasting Conversations. We get to the heart of everything. <laughs>